Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tougher, even if they don't. Today is April the 10th, 2014, and this is episode 1331 of the Survival Podcast. And I've got a great one for you today. I'm going to be bringing on two very, very good friends of myself and Dorothy, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Actually, their real names are Joe and Amy Alton. Uh, they are great friends of our community, great supporters of the MSB. They've done incredible work in the medical preparedness world. Uh, Doc Bones is the author of the Survival Medicine Handbook, which is the number one Amazon bestseller in survival skills and safety and first aid. Uh, it is just an awesome thing to have those guys on the air with us. Before I bring them on, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you by helping to make sure the show's here for you Monday through Friday, five days a week. Sponsor of the day number one today, KnifeKits.com. Hey, if you want to learn how to make knives, get on over to KnifeKits.com. You can get a kit, some handle material, a book, or a DVD. If you need help, you can call them up on the phone. They'll help you out. And... Uh, Check out what they have to offer over there. Now, if you're an experienced bladesmith and you know exactly what you're doing, but you're looking for exotic materials or you're looking for Kydex for your next project or something like that, they've got everything you need as well, from the amateur to the expert alike. If you're crafting blades, you want to be dealing with KnifeKits.com. Next up today, Backwoods Home Magazine. Backwoods Home Magazine is a magazine I've been reading since 1993, right when I got out of the Army. I discovered them at a Barnes & Noble bookstore. It was walking distance from the apartment that I was staying in at the time. started reading them, and I had just moved to the big city of Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, it was my reconnection back to my roots. I just finished my military service, and I seemed like a long way back to homesteading and working in a garden and hunting and fishing. Backwoods Home became my reconnection during my corporate years. I've continued to be a subscriber to them right up until today. A lot of the things that I've taught you over the years, guys, are things that I found their roots in articles in Backwoods Home magazine. If you're looking for something that's kind of like, kind of like Survival magazine and kind of like Mother Earth News at the same time with a libertarian flair, then Backwoods Home Magazine is the magazine you want to be a subscriber to. If you're a first-time subscriber, they do have a special deal for you as well in the benefits section of the Member Support Brigade. If you're a member, hold on, guys. I'm going to tell you about what's going on with that today. There's a sale, but we'll wait on that a second. Uh, with Member Support Brigade, you get discounts not just to many of our sponsors, but to many other companies. Today's MSB discounter of the day that I'll mention is Mai Tai Coffee. Mai Tai Coffee is awesome, and they have a spice butter run co rum coffee that uh, my wife has personally described as delicious. Uh, that was her word, not mine. I actually agree, though. And I'll tell you this, you can order that coffee on their website, and I, Jack Spirico, am the reason that you can get that coffee because after I tried that in a sampler pack, I went there to order a big old five-pound honking bag of it, and uh, it wasn't there. And I got in touch with Matt over there and said, dude, where's the Spice Butter Rum Coffee? He's like, oh, we did that for a fundraiser. We don't really stock that, but I can make some up for you. I'm like, well, please do. And by the way, put that up on the website. So uh, that one particular variety is there. Because of yours truly, you should give it a try. I don't know if they'll keep it there forever or what have you, but they do give you a great discount. You'll find that in your benefits section of your MSB. Next up, do consider joining the Member Support Brigade, and today would be the day to do that. Why? 
because you can get $20 off your first year of MSB, so your normal $50 membership becomes a $30 membership. It is an outstanding value at $50. It is an amazing, insane value at $30. If you have been considering joining, but putting it off, putting it off, what have you, today, again, would be the day. All you got to do is when you're signing up, use the discount code SPRING14, SPRING14, that's S-P-R-I-N-G-1-4, the number 1-4, not the word 14. SPRING14, there's a post out about it today. If your membership is expired, you can also use it to add a new subscription to your existing account. You probably got an email about that if you're an expired subscriber. Uh, this is a really great deal, guys. It's uh, it's not often that I cut the price to that level. Again, $30 for your first year. Uh, that's about a 40% discount. If you want to pay by United States mail with silver or check or money order or cash, you can do that. Just write the code on the uh, on the form, and we will apply the discount for you, or we will accept your, your lower-cost payment. If you're paying by silver, we'll give you a couple extra months because the silver discount is already pretty big in of itself. Anyway, with uh, that wrapped up, let's get into the year that is the episode, 1331. We are today in Japan versus Europe, where we seem to spend a lot of these history segments in, in Europe. The Genko War. After repelling the Mongol invasion of Japan for a second time in 1281, with the grace of the divine wind, the samurai sent the shogunate of Kumara the bill. The emperor was just a figurehead at the time, but the cupboard was bare. Instead, the samurai received a scroll written uh, of written appreciation. So they've, they, uh, let me just read the rest of it. Having spent money and lives on the defense of Japan, the grumbling began. Now the grumbling has turned into an outright civil war. The samurai are going to win this war, putting the city of Kimura into flames and returning imperial power to the actual emperor, Gogodaigo, in 1333, where the war will end and, and the emperor will be restored. Uh, my take by Alex Shrug, who puts these things together, is I've made the war seem as if it was initiated by the samurai, but it was in fact pushed by the emperor, Gogodaigo, Uh, and, it, and it initially failed. He never would have succeeded if old hurts had not been nursed all these years and remembered by the samurai. A critical general of the Kamara will switch sides to join the emperor. Had the samurai not harbored such bad feelings, a sense of injustice over the years, uh, the Kamara shogunate might have been able to ride out this rebellion. As it is, they are going down in flames in 1333. Basically, this is how I look at it. So the, the samurai were told, Defend the nation, like a militia, right? They're a militia, a modern-day militia. They were nobles, like knights, in, in, that we would call them in uh, in Europe. But they are self-organized and self-funded. Uh, so they are said, you know, mount the defense and go defend the nation. And they do. And they're like, okay, that cost us a lot of blood and treasure. So, okay, we did it. We made it happen. Here's the bill. And the guy in charge sent him a thank you card. Thank you very much for your service to the nation. And they're like a little kid that opens the birthday card. That like, where's the money? Wait a minute. Well, that was a 1281. This is like 50 years. 50 years, there was plenty of time to make it right. It also is another lesson. This is why tyrants fear their own military. In a true republic where military service is voluntary and generally standing armies are non-existent or small, the soldier is both a citizen and a soldier at the same time. 
and the military exists solely to defend the rights and liberties and freedoms of the citizenry, there's no need for those that govern to fear their own military. And there's no need for those that govern to fear their people. Unfortunately, those that govern tend to always push for one or the other. They either push until their people fear them until or until they fear their people. And while it would be great if no one had to fear anybody, I'd prefer that they're afraid of us. I would prefer that those governing fear the governed. Because in the words of our founder, Thomas Jefferson, when that happens, there is liberty. And with that, let's get into the main topic of today's show. Again, I want to introduce our special guest today, Joe and Amy Alton, also known as Dr. Bones, Nurse Amy. These guys are awesome. They have an incredible book. We're going to talk to them a little bit today uh, about what's going on in the medical world. There's some things going on over in Africa that Bones is very, very concerned about uh, as a medical practitioner as he looks at it through that lens. And uh, then we'll move on to their uh, Kickstarter. Now, they didn't get this in yesterday, so I'm going to tell you up front about this. The Kickstarter is awesome. It's for a board game. We'll tell you all about it. There is a level you can participate at at $350. Bucks, so you get some cool stuff. I did that yesterday. Um, in the game, there's characters, and one of the characters could be Jack Spierko. And what Amy just sent me an email, I don't know when she'll get the option added, but you might want to hold off if you're going to support at that higher level. And you can support at like 20 bucks if you want to. Um, but if you want to support at that level, you add a buck to it to separate yourself from the rest of the people. At $351, you'll have a Jack Spierko character in your game. And they will also give you a discount code for 15% off everything in their store one time. So they do 10% off for the MSB all the time. But in addition to uh, the the extra card character con contained in your game of me, which I'm not sure how that works yet, but it will be of me, um, you will also get that 15% discount code. So just wanted to kind of let you guys know that up front. I'll do a blog post on it once she gets it added. Uh, but you can uh, you can get over there and support their Kickstarter today. I'm going to ask you in advance to please consider doing that. And with that, hey, Joe, hey, Amy, welcome to the Survival Podcast. Oh, hey. hello. Thank you for inviting us. And it was really cool that we got to see you just a few days ago in person. That's right, you rascal. You really have an awesome, awesome set up there. I love that we love the geese especially. And it's better now cuz all the trees are planted. <laughs> yeah, you guys will have to get back out here sometime when you can actually like hang out. No, I want to pick the fruit and eat it. <laughs> well, you can come back in about 3 years then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I have to wait 3 years forget it. <laughs> yeah, I mean you might get a little bit this year and a tiny bit next year the the year after that it'll it'll be really in in uh in abundance. But yeah, it was a great event. Sorry we only got to see you guys uh for uh a short period of time. Uh, Dorothy and I are going to get to see you guys soon in Florida. Um, but what I've got you guys to talk uh, on to talk about today is uh, medical preparedness. So from your side of things, what's new in the world of medical preparedness? Well, you know, we are concerned about uh, this Ebola outbreak that's been uh, in the news lately. I just want to let people know about Ebola. Ebola itself is, I think, the candidate for the next big pandemic and uh, the difference between this Ebola outbreak Ebola has been known since uh, 1976 where uh, there was uh, the first outbreak along the Ebola River 
in Zaire, uh, now the Democratic uh, Republic of the Congo. And I'll tell you that this virus, which comes in about five different strains, causes a incredible death rate, death rate of up to 90%. And if you take the Spanish flu of 1918, the, the great pandemic of 1918, they had maybe a 2% death rate. And uh, as of three hours ago, the World Health Organization reports that there have been 178 cases that have been identified and there have been 111 deaths. So this and, and this includes, by the way, uh, a number of the medical workers that were sent to take care of the sick. So this, I think, is something serious. It, it's on the horizon. And for the first time, it's actually crossed borders uh, from where the first uh, the first case was found in uh, the country of Guinea. And now it's in Liberia. And as you can imagine, these places aren't uh, you don't want to cross borders in this in, in these places to begin with. And when a disease crosses borders, then you really have trouble uh, getting it set up and uh, in terms of medical care. And, and certainly containment is going to be a big issue uh, that the World Health Organization calls this their most challenging outbreak ever. So this, I think, is something that we should keep a close eye on. I'll be uh, we'll be putting uh, reports updates, up and reports, updates and absolutely. reports on a regular basis so you can keep track track of that. And so that's what I think is going on uh, medically that I think has a big impact possibly in the future for uh, the survival community. So that that's one thing. Uh, from our standpoint, we have uh, a number of things. Uh, since we were on your show last, Jack, uh, we finally have our survival medicine handbook on Kindle. So, <laughs> so now you can get a digital copy of it. We we have uh, finally broken down and, uh, and and put out a digital copy after numerous requests by people because basically we wanted people to have the print book because you know we're basic we're assuming a grid down situation. That's what the whole book assumes, and uh, this is our way of allowing people to. Uh, Go ahead and get that digital copy. By the way, if you bought the second edition of our book, uh, of the Survival Medicine Handbook on Amazon, you can get the digital copy for $2.99 using their Kindle Matchbook program. So, so that's one thing. And Amy has something to say? No, I don't. I, well, what, what I was going to say. <laughs> I can always say. You can always tell. Actually, when this Amy, is going to be one of these interviews yeah. where I don't have to say anything. Yeah. I know, right? Jack, wait, wait, wait. Jack, you can go get some coffee. Wait. I'm just kidding. All right, yeah. let me speak. Wait, no. Before you do, before you, before you do that, <laughs> yes. I just want to let you know that everything that I've just said for the last five minutes, Amy has been gesticulating mad, wildly at me, <laughs> telling me she wants me to say this I don't want or to don't say that. Or, yeah, so, okay. You, well, you're the one who says you're getting old. I will. Well, all you got to do is look, and, oh, you, and you'll know you I look, am getting you look old. Fine, honey. Sad, okay. Sad so, I, the only thing I wanted to say about the Kindle is the reason we held out is our principle for the book is that if you don't have electricity, if you don't have a way to charge your special tablet, uh, or it breaks, that information is is gone permanently, and a book in your hand is critical. However. They came up with the new program, Kindle Match, which means you get a really great deal on a digital copy if you buy a book. So for me, it met my need to really want to put a book in people's hands and not just some digital copy that could be lost 
Um, and so that's why we added it to the Kindle Matchbook program. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, are you going to keep talking? You're, you're, talk, talk. you're, you're talking so you can stop gesticulating wildly. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's talk. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> so when you guys were here, yes. uh, I was running around putting out fires. You guys showed up on, actually, it wasn't even the first official day of the event. It's the day where all the students uh, show up and are setting up campgrounds and all. So right. I didn't get to spend much time with you, and I didn't get to really see what you were doing, but you guys had this big board thing with a bunch of cool stuff on oh. it <laughs> sitting on my pool table in the garage, which I saw for like three and a half seconds, and that's your new project. What's the deal with that? Because I really don't know. Well, I, I'm just going to give you a, a brief history, and then you can describe the game, honey. Uh, the reason I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm also going to try and be brief Seventeen here. Seventeen minutes. <laughs> okay, we're going to call this women brief. Okay, not man brief, but women brief time. Anyway, no. we have been working on this um, for about, um, I'd say, fifteen months, and the reason we did this was because. I personally was getting a lot of men coming up to us at these preparedness expos and they were saying, wow, you know, you're so lucky. The two of you are on the same uh, wavelength. You both understand preparedness and you're both moving together as a team. I don't have that. And they were, some of them were quite upset. They were, you know, the lonely prepper within the family. And a lot of them had many family members, not just themselves, but wives and children and parents, brothers, sisters. And they said, what can I do? And they told, they would tell me all of the things they have done. And a lot of them were quite aggressive, <laughs> which doesn't work with a woman. You can't beat her over the head and drag her into the cave and expect her to love you. You have to gently explain what's going on. And so they, they really lost that technique. They didn't understand. And we wanted to give something fun, something that people can play, have a great time, um, a lot of fun, laughter, a good time, get kids off the computers, off of video games, um, they create um, a social interaction between human beings, and it could be, you know, adults to adults or adults with children. Uh, we have it 12 plus um, for the age group, although we, we have a nephew who's 10, and he absolutely loves it. Um, so, you know, to get people together and not beat them over the head with, you know, gathering resources and managing resources, but it happens during the game, and so that's why we did it, to bring people into the preparedness community without, you know, ah, the sky is falling. Right, so it's a way to get people involved, the rest of the family involved in the survival mindset without making them feel like they're going to school or they're, they're having to, you know, read, you know, these weighty uh, tomes on uh, solar stills and, and, and things like that. So So our game is called... Doom and Bloom's survival. And in the game, basically, it takes place in a post-pandemic world. Uh, the pandemic's occurred already, and you're one of the lucky, uh, of course, I put that in quotation marks, survivors. And your mission is to have your character accumulate supplies like food, fuel, weapons, and medical kits. Yeah. Aha, that's our thing. And actually, I think that's one of the few uh, survival games that actually has And community has members. Right. And, Very important. And fellow survivors. That's right. And scout locations that could serve as a safe haven in which to start over. Your hometown is Center City, which I... I have to say that I am a genius because you know what I did? <laughs> I put that, I put Center City right in the middle of the board. 
Yep. So there right in the go. center of the that board. Was smart, honey. So so Good center job. city's right in the middle of the board. Don't you think so, Jack? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's that's our. Did you go get coffee already? <laughs> no, no, I've been here. Okay. <laughs> well, that's. Feel free to interrupt him anytime. Yeah, by absolutely. The way. So that's that's your hometown, but your hometown has been taken over not by zombies, not by demons, not by wizards, but it's been taken over by people who want to take what you have, and those are we call those raiders. And indeed, a large uh, large segments of the board are controlled uh, by these people, and that's considered raider territory. Uh, every time that you land on raider territory, you have to survive an attack by a certain number of raiders. And every time that you land there, you have the opportunity to obtain some of these assets that you're looking for. Now, there are free areas also where uh, the rewards are less, but the risks are less also. So there's a lot of risk and reward in this game, and you have to make some tough decisions as to what route you're going to take to the destinations that are assigned to you. And it's uh, it's the type of game that really uh, promotes a lot of critical thinking because you're always going to be tempted to use these resources because you can indeed use, let's say, one of your weapons to gain a point in your, uh, to survive a, a, an attack or use dice rolls to see whether you survive uh, attacks or not. Or you can use food to add a point to one of your free area encounters. We call those events. Uh, and the problem is, is that you like using them because it gives you a better chance to succeed, but you have to collect a certain number of these resources to win the game. And so there's always this give and take, and that's one of the main dynamics of the game, is deciding whether you're going to be using a lot of your resources while at the same or, time... Or hoarding them. Or hoarding them. Right, and right. also, um, we didn't mention fuel will help you move faster across the board. Right. The dice goes one to three. If you roll a three, you can use a food... To, or excuse me, a fuel to actually move an extra three spaces if there's some place you need to get to, up to three spaces if you want. There are so water, it'll help right. you move quicker across the board. There are water features, there are mountain features, things that are uncrossable unless you uh, pass through raider-controlled crossings. Um, the various uh, towns are on the periphery of the board, and the ways to get to them are varied, so the game is different every time, because, number one, you're scouting different locations every time, every game, and you are having to choose which way to go every game. Some people try to play it safe and go through free areas. Like me. <laughs> and other people, like me, have a want the, the greater risk, but uh, greater rewards of, of traveling through radio territory, but are willing to accept the greater risks. And so this is a type of game that I think is pretty cool. On top of this, we have uh, bonus cards yes, that you get. that's what I wanted you to when, mention. When you, Those su- are my favorite right. part. <laughs> when you successfully visit uh, a hospital and, and survive the encounter there or succeed at the encounter there. And also and the towns, town. And towns. And some cards will give you bonuses cards, also. Bonus, bonus cards, cards as well. Extra. They, are, they can be cha- game changers. They could give you uh, additional resources. They can make you, they can get, allow you to switch out resources and give you medical kits. They, they can. They stop that you can make people skip their turn. You can steal stuff from other people. You can force a barter. I mean, these bonus cards are secret. They're yours and no one else sees them. So nobody knows what you have which is really fun because you get towards the end of the game and people start playing their bonus cards to steal, steal your stuff or make you skip a turn, and everybody starts screaming, hey, why are you doing that to me? <laughs> <laughs> it really brings out a lot of personalities. 
So right. this is really cool, guys, but it, it doesn't sound like it's all based on medical stuff. You guys are like no. the medical people, right? So no. what's up with the deal? Right, because you know it's what? Our, it's right. just preparedness, general. Well, I, a lot of the stuff that we write about is pretty somber stuff. I mean, I, I'm t- I just talked to you about Ebola. Right. Which, or uh, heart attacks or, or high blood pressure, pressure or all these medical hemorrhagic wounds, right. all, Leading to death. all sorts of yeah. stuff. So, I mean, we spend so much time talking about serious, somber stuff. You know, we wanted people to know that we are, we're normal people too, and the, we actually are longtime board gamers. We and so games. we love, we love playing games and we like to have fun. And that's what we really set out, we set out mm-hmm. to put together a game that we thought was going to be a good survival game to teach people Things about survival in but, a in a fun way, but teach them without knowing they're getting but, getting taught. <laughs> but in a realistic, but in a realistic scenario, I mean, the scenario where you're uh, one of the few survivals of, of a pandemic, or actually something that can exist. I or mean, zombies happened, don't. But wait a second, and it's happened in, in, in the history of the world. We have had pandemics. I mean, yes, we many just gave pandemics. the example of of just one of them, the Spanish flu. So it's happened before, and most likely it's going to happen again. So it's not some you know, the the bizarre theory of what the end of the world might be like, and this is an actual possibility. Right, a real disaster scenario. I mean, everybody loves zombies because they're so uh, lovable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend is a zombie, yeah. right? Now, right. that's a first. I have never had a single guest ever come on the show and refer to zombies as lovable. <laughs> Oh, don't you just want to give him a big hug? Come on, Jack. <laughs> Absolutely. I take. You know what I say? Take a zombie out uh, to lunch. Give him a brain sandwich. You know, do it this. Do it. Do, do it this week and support your local your zombie. Zombies, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jack, did, you know what? We have just made Jack speechless. I think I we've done that before. I think, yeah, I think that was 1.5 seconds. I think that's a record for us. That's pretty good, guys. You guys are up there with uh, the top of the top for making me speechless. Anyway, uh, you guys mentioned that you uh, were longtime uh, board game players uh, in this world where everybody's doing apps and doing things like multiplayer online gaming and stuff like that. Was there a reason you went with board games just because you like it? You can play it when there's no power on, or was there another driving force behind that decision? Um, well, you're, you're kind of right on all of those points. First of all, you know, if, if we do suffer some sort of grid-down situation, you can play a board game. You can have fun. You can, this brings hope and joy to the people who are stressed out and freaked out. And distraction and having fun is a wonderful thing in that kind of situation. I mean, even not a long-term situation, even yeah, during a hurricane. A hurricane, or, anything. You know, something's happened. And I, I don't know, our electricity went off a few weeks ago for a few hours. Now, I made hotel reservations just in case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kidding. But, um, you know, it, it's something that can be played, whether you're out camping, whether something terrible has happened short-term or long-term. It's fun. It's inter- entertaining and it is distracting you don't need electricity you know i do would recommend some lanterns or you know headlamps if you're doing it at night but you know it, it doesn't require any any technology or and any it, electricity and so, it allows us to stay true to you know what our mission is is to basically have things available for people med- not only medical supplies which of course you know we have uh, on our website but also also 
things that are entertaining. So, exactly. So this game, I think, and is great. And we want more preppers out there in the world. Absolutely. Now, I'll tell you the more. greatest thing in the world about doing this as a board game. And it's probably nothing that you guys really, really thought of because you've probably never had to do it before. Uh-oh. If you do this as an app or an online game, do you know what you're going to have to do? Uh-uh. You're going to have to deal with a freaking developer. Oh, and that means two and a half years from now, you're on your second developer who didn't uh, get the job done, and you're ready to kill somebody. And with knowing Amy, she probably would. I would. I would. I better know their address beforehand. Yeah, well, that makes like some of... guy injected with dilithium or something. Well, I'll make sure I won't be uh, found out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just disappear and say, "Well, what happened to my neighbor? I don't know." Well, that's why we. That's why we self-published our book because we. You know, we didn't like all the interference that publishers. Were, oh my I mean, god! Publishers didn't like the cover. They wanted to call the book something else. And thanks they, to Jack, we're doing our own podcast, that's and we don't right. have to answer to anybody. That's right. Jack, you've given us great right. advice for a very long time. I've always told you, just stick, stay yep. independent. That's you the can one work one. with people. Yes. But working with people and working under the constraints of people are two totally, exactly, totally different scenarios. When you work, when you work with somebody. You guys can come together, do something, and then go away. That's right. You work under somebody else's constraints. It's like, well, I want to put this out. Well, I'm worried that might upset somebody, and and oh. I'm like, well, that's the point. Exactly. And we <laughs> and we heard that we had several book uh, publishing companies. Um, you know, you can't send, say that. Send us contracts, and you know, we'd start talking to them, and and just realize these people were completely oblivious to the message that we wanted to give. And they're like, oh, we don't like that cover, and we don't like that title. I'm like, okay, just oh. stop right here. I'm tearing the – do you hear me? I'm on the phone. I said, do you, hear, like- do you hear the sound? I said, that's right. the contract tearing up. Now, I didn't cash the check, so where would you like me to mail it back to you? I mean, yeah. that was it. I'm like, done. Yeah, they didn't like yeah. the they Never. didn't like the cover. They didn't like the title and didn't like anything anything in between the covers. Please. No, they liked <laughs> Back when I was when I was still in sales, right? My partner and I, Neil, wrote a book on selling called Your Inner Salesman, uh-huh. and we didn't even use a publisher. We self published. We had an editor because it's like, well, neither one of us can write. So we bring this editor in to write, and she's going through. She's like, my first problem is this. You talked about the beginning of barter and the establishment of sales as though you were an anthropologist, and you're not an anthropologist. Oh, gosh. Would you like to know uh, how I think you should do this? My response was, no, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling a freaking story so people can understand. Just just go away. I don't need you. I needed somebody that knew, you know, grammar. And spelling right. and punctuation, and that's that's clearly not you. Well, I can do that. Yeah, you can do it for somebody else. And that's whenever you let someone else have control over your creati- creativity, mm-hmm. it gets homogenized into everything that's already there. Yep, exactly. And, you know, since we haven't created a board game before, we weren't copying anything. We weren't recreating something that's already been copied. In fact, we purposely stayed away from anything that had to do with survival so we could – just focus on what we felt needed to be in a game. Exactly. You know, without taking from everyone else. So, you know, this is completely unique. And we were really lucky that our artists um, got what we were doing and and our graphic artists, shockingly. Right. Oh, you know, I, you know that's he was, one of the... So it, it, they, they understood our purpose and, um, and, and our vision. That's one of the main things uh, about the game. The game, I think, is visually pretty compelling because we put together 
an artistic team, uh, Kurt Miller, who uh, made the game Axes and Allies and a, a lot of other famous board games. He is our our artist and put together some super, super images for us. Uh, uh, Josh Capel uh, of the board game uh, Pandemic uh, put together our graphic, graphic design and, and just Together, these guys really put together a super, but, super project. But I want to be clear that, that we designed this board. I have a picture of oh, yeah. a, a poster board with magic markers that drew out where we were doing the Raider territories and where we were putting right. the cities and where everything was going. And I took a picture of that and sent it to Kurt so that he could actually, you know, make this visually stimulating. I didn't want some boring one right. color board game. So you'll notice the, the water is a really bright blue. I had to keep getting him to make it more saturated and more. He had this like pale blue. I'm like, no, 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 really, really bright blue. And it would be a little bit more blue. So, I mean, we were on top of this. We wrote every single word of the rule book, every word on the, the cards, cards right. every single thing. From the oh, I, got a, I got a totally kind of off the wall question. Yes, How yes. many times did Amy, and you, you, you're not oh. allowed to answer this, Amy, okay? This is for Bones. <laughs> How many times were you told that you were wrong during the creation of this game? And Amy, you can't say anything till he's done. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, very rarely compared, considering we <laughs> actually, I mean, this is funny because this is one of the few, we never agree on anything Stop ordinarily. It, that's <laughs> not true. Uh, that's no, a lie. Go no, on. No, like no, no, is but, not as much. You have to wait but, until fun. But Go I, ahead. I'm sorry. But other than some tweaks, I mean, we really were actually pretty, I mean, it was actually a very mellow experience for us. I mean, we had, you know what's not mellow is when we actually play the game and I play a card on her, a bonus card oh, on her that she doesn't like. To skip a turn or steal my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just when she's about to win. But you can tell, I mean, that that is like, uh, for me, I'm telling you guys, the bonus cards are like, the bomb. That is the best part of it because you get them secret and you plan and you strategize when you're going to play that on. Just before somebody's at their final location, you go, oh, excuse me, uh, can I have that medical kit? And you play the bonus card. Now, there is two bonus. There are two bonus cards that say uh, neg negate. And so you can play back a card that, that, that counters whatever counters they wanted that. to do to you. And right. so they, you know, now that, that doesn't happen. So you could stack these bonus cards too. You could keep playing them on each other. So, I mean, it really is, it's like hilarious. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it is actually we got along one, great one, for the one, game. Of, one of the few did times we, that we, we actually get along. Anything? <laughs> did we argue about anything on this game? I don't I, I'm going to say you're full of it if you say you no, yeah, I, I'm no, trying, yeah, you do. I'm looking at the, the yeah, game she, board right now and trying to think. She wanted to tell me the blue color was an argument. She wanted to be No, no, he, he agreed she wanted with that. Me, she wanted me to be stingier on the... Uh, um, on the bonus, on, on the rewards, I think. What do you mean? You wanted me to be stingy, not give as much for if you survive an attack in Raider territory. And uh, that also, uh, I thought that uh, the Nurse Amy card was a little too racy. No, you did uh, Very sexy. You lie. Very sexy. <laughs> you like it. Oh, yeah. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> sexy Nurse Amy card. You but we do have a female. value there. Stop it. <laughs> but we do have a female who is an engineer. I mean, you know, we wanted to to represent, you know, different professions, professions and and different types of people. Um, you know, so everyone feels kind of included in this. 
Um, yeah, in fact, absolutely. I think our, our engineer is Asian, isn't she? Right, and all yeah. the all of all of the characters have their start off with their with their profession gives them some additional bonus assets to begin with. Everybody that starts off, all the characters are prepared to some extent or another. In other words, the engineer has more fuel than anyone else the the doctor for example has a car uh, has a medical kit uh the soldier has uh wet additional weaponry and, and a farmer has the farmer has additional food right so everybody starts off with a little a little bonus that helps them uh, helps them along the now, way now and your character well, that helps them but does it doesn't encourage cooperation then no no oh. because you're acting independently <laughs> yeah no, honey, your goal is to win the game, baby. You want to be the survivor with the mostest. <laughs> well, my, my goal in Monopoly is to win the game, but it still leads to deals in between. Yes, well, deals. Yes, uh-huh. there is bartering. Absolutely, yes. you can barter Re-bartering. anything. You can barter anything that you want, except so, people, except except survivors. You can't you can't sell or trade survivors. Right. But <laughs> but you can but you can barter medical kits, uh, a- assets, you can even barter away your turn uh once during a game. So I mean there are a lot of different things that you can do and there are no rules with regards to that. Yeah, we wanted free bartering system. Let the market, you know, bear bear whatever it's right. going to bear. Right. So there's so bartering. Somebody, right. So so Anytime. if you have if you have a bonus card that's face down and you say, hi, I am offering this bonus card for assets, you know, they, they let the bidding begin. You know, right, <laughs> I'll exactly. give you two weapons for it. I'll give you two two weapons and a food for it. You know, uh, it's it's absolutely involved. As a matter of fact, one of the towns uh, is actually called Barterville. Yeah. <laughs> Barterville. And that in in having extra resources, like I mean, there's games where you just need a minimum of stuff, and then you know you 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 win the game. This when you're getting your assets on your player mat, you have a player mat in front of you that you man- manage your resources and move counter stones across. Um, it's always a great idea. I suggest anyone playing it is to get more than what you need because if you do get close to your final location, and somebody starts stealing stuff from you. Or you ended up in a raider territory and you lose stuff. You have extra, so it, it really—it's not just it really a race. makes you think about your resource management. Right. Having more <gasps> than you'll need, bless, bless you. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not—it's not just a race, Jack. Yeah, Gesundheit. It's a lot of—it is a lot of strategy. Now you guys will like this because uh, you know, when I asked about cooperation. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but my intern, uh, really, you guys stop calling him that. I start calling him a business partner now with Firm Ethos. Josiah is a huge gamer. He loves games, card games, board games, stuff like that. And so Michael Jordan, who was here, he's the B guy. You guys didn't meet him. He wasn't here yet, I don't think, when you guys were here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we set me up with three beehives while he was here. Awesome dude. Huge, huge, amazing human being. Just, just awesome human being. And he has this game that's about herbs, and it's for kids, and it's like... You're going to pick blueberries or huckleberries, and you have to get back by dinner time, and it's all cooperative. So the kids learn to cooperate because nobody will ever have what they need, right? So there is no winner except everybody wins, right? Well, he threw that down on the barter blanket, and I I guess he explained it, but Joe was probably into one too many scotches or something and just knew it was a new game that he'd never heard of. So he bartered for it, and he got it. And so he had the game, and I was I told him what it was, and I said, so everybody wins, and he goes, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and if Michael, if you're listening, it's no commentary on the game for kids, but for Joe, it was like, well, that's not what I thought I was getting. <laughs> well, I will say that you can play teams, though. Oh, yes. That's okay. Cool. So, that's so, you can, so you can play teams, and, and basically you have a, a joined a, a hand, your own hand with uh, bonus cards that you share with your partner, and everybody, you still have your own character, and they take their own turns, uh, and you, and each one goes to their own destinations, but you can play bonus cards with each other or help each other in terms of using assets, uh, to, to gain, uh, an edge in an right. encounter. Right, and the, and the, team, and the teams combine their assets. So if you need, um, let's say 20 food, 20 fuel, 20 weapons, 20 survivors, and 8 medical kits, you know, one person might have Three quarters of that, and the other person has a quarter because they were, you know, going constantly on the the raider attack areas and, and losing. Um, you still can win the game, so it's it's a combined player mat assets to, right. to actually win, and both both players have to go to their final destination and, and be right, successful. Right, and we didn't mention that there are different variations of the game. You can play a short game that lasts about yeah. thirty minutes. Uh, a medium game probably is about an hour and probably two hours for if you have four players with a with a long. However, those are just suggestions. You can make this game anything you want. You can say at the beginning, okay, I want everyone to go to four towns. Everyone's got to have uh, 20 food, 15 fuel, uh, five weapons. 20 people and so it's a little anything uh, you want. It's a little Dungeon and Dragon esque. I never really played it, but there's like there's kind of a game master that sets up the scenario. No, no, you, no, you it, disagree. No, as, a, as an agreement before the game starts, you guys. So we cooperate, and then we kill each other. Yes. Yeah. No, oh, you don't excellent. kill each other. Ah, but there is. You're the, not killing each other. And by the way, no one dies, and no one gets out of this that's game. Right. Oh, you I can lose all your resources, and you can still have hope because there's some really cool bonus cards in that, that deck that, help that will help up. you catch up to the near the second or the lowest asset. Um, on someone else's card. Right. So in other words, so if they've got twenty-one total assets, you can play you this have, card. And you have ten or fifteen. You get, or you have none. Yeah. You get to total up to equal their assets. So there's a catch-up card. So even if you lose everything, there's still many chances to come back. So there's a card that basically means the unicorn came and farted a rainbow on me. <laughs> But, no, you went and stole but, some stuff. But it's an awesome, <laughs> but it's an awesome card for bartering purposes. Yeah. Oh, you bet. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So that's I it. got but, the unicorn card. <laughs> but you can fart yourself some resources in the future. There you go. There you go. And and, and exactly that's exactly what happens. No, you found a cachet of stuff. Okay, <laughs> you well, found a buried treasure there. And uh, somebody left a bunch of stuff for you. But so, it's a lot of fun. So uh, the one thing I wanted to say is that uh-huh. for for younger kid for younger people that are playing the game, your character indeed never dies. I think no. you mentioned that. Yeah. So that uh, no one's ever out of the game. So the important thing to know is that you know there are there's always hope. There's also always hope. That's and right. That's always hope. And in a true survival situation, that's what we want to impart that there is always hope. That's right. Well, well and I, like so, it sounds also like departing from other role playing games or whatever, like. The character doesn't develop experience points and stuff like that. Like, when the game's over, it's over. A new game is a new game for everyone. Absolutely. However, in future games, uh, this was one thing that I wanted to do for this game, but it it started to get a little too complicated. I, I want the characters to have special abilities based on their professions so that 
let's say the farmer lands on food, then he might not just get one, but maybe the farmer gets two because he's the farmer. Of course, he's going to be able to get more food. So I want them to be able to have um, some powers during the game and me be able to accumulate things differently and, and also do other things, maybe within attacks. Um, the policeman might be a little more, you know, have more power. And so that each of the professions, again, are, are utilized during the game and not just sort of some built-in experience points. Yeah, Clearly, yeah. the herbalist would be more likely to know how to concoct an herbal right. Uh, right. preparation. Clearly, the policeman would be more familiar with firearms than right. exactly. the person that's never seen a gun in their life and right. what have you. But what about the Scotty dog in the top hat? Scotty <laughs> dog. Oh, you know what? I, cannon, I, I forgot that one. Got, He'd make a great prepper. No, actually, I think a Scotty car. is probably not going to last very long in a survival <laughs> <Yeah>. situation. <laughs> Scotty German Shepherd. German, I was just going to say German Shepherds right. will still be around. Scotty's is good eating. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get hate mail now. Don't send your hate mail, folks. You send that to Bones. You know how right. I feel about that. Right, right. DR Bones Podcast at AOL.com. <laughs> <laughs> so there are some other games out there. Talk about some differentiators. What makes this so unique? Well, what's mostly, most unique about it is that we, this is. Probably the first survival board game. Without zombies. Well, that is designed well, we by... Zombies, so at least Bones does. By design, <laughs> I do. I zombies. Take, take a zombie to lunch. That's, but it's, it's, at the White House. Yeah, at the White House. Well, there are a lot of zombies there, I'm sure. So, so. They'll be in good company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so what else is different, my love? Oh, yes. what's different about the game is that it indeed is probably the first survival board game actually... Uh, designed by known, well-known people in the survival or, or in, in preparedness people industry. People who actually are preppers. Right. I mean, in, <laughs> wait, using a real preppers. using a real disaster scenario, uh, not putting in. A, I mean, if you go uh, to Kickstarter, see all the projects that are looking for for uh, support, you'll find pretty much every game that that has anything to do with survival. It's got some zombie. It's got some mutant. It's got a demon. It's got a wizard. People die and, and you have to get out of the game. And also one other thing is one other thing is that we don't use the word kill. There's no blood and gore. Uh maybe Amy is uh, nurse Amy's a little racist uh, not, uh, racy, not racist, racy yes. in the in that the was a in, good mistake, in her picture. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's the clothing he's referring to. to yes. <laughs> But, um, you know, we wanted it to be fun and uh, subtly educational. That's that's really our purpose. And, you know, there are board games that are just fun and fantasy, and then there are the educational games. And so we tried to blend that. And, again, that was not easy. Um, I'm telling you, night and day, for 15 months, we, we to- toiled over this mm. Um very, very carefully to plus, to blend it again with the education and fun. Plus, it's the only survival board game that really talks about medical supplies. Right, that's I mean, true. That involve, that you can't win without medical supplies. That's right. Awesome, awesome. man. So, um, could you guys maybe explain to people how the hell they can get this thing? Well, this game does not exist except as a prototype right now. We have paid for the. We have paid for the art, but you know what? We are asking for pledges of support from your listeners and all of the great people in the preparedness community uh, for our Kickstarter project. Basically, interestingly enough, these factories that make 
board games, they want you to buy about 3,000 of them at a time, and uh, or it's not worth their while to print them, apparently. So we need help with manufacture, and for your pledges of support on Kickstarter.com, you go to just plug in the, the word DOOM, and you'll get right to our game, or you can just go to survivalboardgame.com. That's our game website, and just push one of the buttons there to find out more. You'll be able to... Uh, Take a look at our Kickstarter project. You'll see the game. You'll see you'll see a video by us. We made a gameplay video. We gave, can also a gameplay video. See see the movement of the dice and the movement of yeah, the player. Yeah, generally how right, generally well, how the game goes. We talked about in the beginning. And for your pledges of support, I mean, we will put you on. on we, of course, you get our thanks. Of course, uh, you get to be placed on a backers page. We uh, are going. We have special limited edition. Uh, Swag for people that are Kickstarter our only. Kickstarter only and uh, very limited edition, special limited edition patches, T-shirts, bookmarks, art, uh, bookmark art prints that signed posters signed, by the artists, signed by the artists, and you'll get the first games ever printed. So we have all sorts of different levels, and as a matter of fact, if in the higher levels, you can even get your own character card. And uh, we are already planning our expansion in which you can not only play as a survivor, but you can play as a raider as well. And, and for the highest level reward, you will be able to become a character in the expansion game. So with your own individualized art by, by award-winning artists, uh, your own profession, and uh, we take, I mean, when I say individualized art, we take your photo and uh, it's gonna it's right. gonna make a rendering of right. it for just like a character. Right, we've had a, have it a couple will be in the next game. And we have a couple of heavy hitters that already have reserved a couple of spots uh, for for that in the prepared, uh, heavy hitters in the preparedness industry. And uh, I'm not going to mention their names just just yet, but um, I I believe that you'll recognize some of these people. Well, and I, I think you guys will hit your goal. Uh, Probably oh, later today. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I mean tomorrow for us when the show goes live, because I see you guys are sitting at about nine, nine grand, and you need nineteen. So yeah. we're about. I'm thinking we can scare up a few backers in the TSP community to make this thing happen. Uh, it goes without saying you'll get backing from me. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking now because I didn't get to see the prototype. I okay. wasn't. I was. Stomping fires and running in circles and listening to Amy yell. And so I didn't get, I'm looking at like all the graphics now and the way this is done. This is very, very well done. Thank you. I'm telling you, night night and day, Jack, we we try to pour um, as much quality as humanly possible into every single thing that we do, whether it's just a single article with three or four paragraphs or this um, intense project. Um, <clears throat> we um, we don't want to put out an inferior thing. And until we felt that it had met all of our standards, it was not going on Kickstarter. Right. We, so we waited. This was not a concept. I know a lot of people put concepts on Kickstarter. This is, I want to make sure everyone understands this, 100% finished, completed. The artwork is sitting at the manufacturers that keep writing to us Asking for the money, 
And I keep telling them you're not going to get it unless Kickstarter funds us. So well, no. See, we're gonna have a. I'm gonna back you. You have to have some more artwork done because I'm gonna be like a character in this thing. Now. <laughs> yeah, well. well, we can send you for this one. We can send you um, a, a character card for the 350 level. The, uh-huh. the the highest reward, if you read it, is you is for the next game. It's for the, for the expansion. expansion game. Yeah. Right. So would you play as a survivor or a raider, Jack? I know, right. The bad guy or the good guy? I mean, in the real life, I would be a survivor, but in a fantasy role-playing game, you know, might take stuff away from people. It's not real. You could be the eat. And and my job is to teach, right? So that's how I can teach you where you're screwed up, by taking your stuff in a game versus somebody else taking your stuff for real. There you go. <laughs> Good point. Yes. I'd, I'd much rather learn about it in a game than uh, in real life. Very cool. Um, and like you said, the stuff's pretty much ready to go. You guys just need the rest of the funding. And and I, I like that because there's been so many things on Kickstarter that, like, once the funding happens, there's like a year and a half to, to, uh. to product. And I, I, don't, I don't think that's always wrong, but I think it's wrong when it doesn't have to be. I agree with you completely. And I think, you know, the projects that seem kind of, you know, conceptual. And and I think another problem with Kickstarter has been that um, people have made renderings of of things that don't actually exist and presented them as if this is the final product or this is how it's going to look. And then what happens is either it fails because they didn't actually have this planned out or – People get things and they say, this doesn't look anything like the pictures that you put. But this is what the game will look like. Right. Well, when you conceive of something, I don't care what it is, you have this image and this visual presentation that you think it's going to be like. And then you meet this this fellow called reality along the development (laughs) timeline. And people go, yeah, you can't do that because it'll fall apart or it'll break or kill somebody or, you know, yeah. that color doesn't exist. Like Siri says, it's kind of bluish, but it doesn't exist in your world, whatever. <laughs> and then the the concept versus the reality is different. It might fill the roles, but it doesn't look the same to the consumer. Right. The consumer has been sold. This is what you're getting. Right, right. And I, I wanted to just make sure that everyone understands that, that the the art's finished. It it truly is a ready to go situation. Right, and, and we're not and we're not a fly by night. Need help. <laughs> we're, we're not a fly by night firm. You know, we have we've been line, around for years. Lines of all sorts of different uh, products, and we have stood behind them, Absolutely. and we stand behind this product too. Absolutely. And, and so when we say we're going to deliver a quality uh, game, it we will, will happen. It, it seems like you put a lot of thought into making this kid friendly, family friendly as well. Nobody dies. <laughs> There's no killing. There's nothing too horrific. You know, you can learn without being completely shocked. So, I mean, was kid, you know, making sure kids could play is a big driver in what you guys were doing? It, it really was. I mean, I, I played I – mean, we were big board gamers when I was a child. I had every known game that you can think about, from Clue to Wrist to Sorry to Monopoly – um, and I loved all of them, and we played all the time. And one thing that really made me sad as a kid was getting kicked out of a game, losing, um, you know, not completing the game till someone won, but actually being sent out of the room, you know. And I would go to my room, and I'll admit it, I cried, like, every single time. And so I didn't want 
anyone to feel like there was a lack of hope that they could possibly win. And I have been down on my player mat and had zero resources. And everyone else is successful. They're successful. Every time they roll, they're successful. And and my roles are not working out. And in the end, then they start having, you know, some bad turns and their roles aren't working out. And mine start working out like every single time. And I end up just as good and just as as close to the running of winning as everyone else. So there's the, always that, that element yeah, of hope, which I think is is cool for kids that they don't feel like, oh, man, I should just go to my room and play PlayStation, whatever, 54. Because <laughs> 54. <laughs> right. Well, I don't even know what number they're up to. But because <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't let my kids play video games. I'm sorry to admit that. But it was two girls anyway. They weren't really interested. Um, but, um, you know, I just didn't, I didn't want people to feel like I'm out. There's just a thing about prepper and 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 something bad happened and just keeping that hope that keeps you going. And I wanted to make sure we inspired that that hope that you're never out. Just stick in there. You might win anyway. Well, and that's the attitude a survivor has to have. Yeah. Right. You you if you don't have that, you won't make it. Exactly. That, that that always has to be that there's always I just did a huge show yesterday talking about the the psychology of preparedness designing a preparedness plan. And a big part of that is you have to feel that what you do matters. You have to believe that you can get through it. And part of the planning process is so, you know, everything craps the bed and you've got another family member freaking the hell out. The minute you can step up and say this is what we're doing now. Right. The entire dynamic just gets wound back down into, you know, okay, we can make it. But that's critical because if you want to get killed in a disaster, panic. It's like the number one way you can get yourself killed is to panic. You're right. You're absolutely right. And and since we are preppers, we know that you have to have hope. And and that's why we don't spew a lot of, you know, the sky is falling and the sky is falling. Oh, my gosh, everything's going to heck. No. Yeah, something bad could happen. But if you figure it out, if you make a plan, if you gather those resources, referring to the game, of course, um, and you learn skills, then you have hope that you can survive. You know, some things you don't have control over in life, but if your your attitude can always be hopeful, no matter what you're faced with. No matter if your car just plunged off into a canal and you're starting to sink, you say, you know what, I have hope. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to take my seatbelt off. I'm going to wait till the car fills up with water. Then I'm going to roll my window down, and I'm going to get the hell out of here. But if you just sit there and go, oh, crap, I'm about to die, then you are going to die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. No, that was See, I just made Jack speechless yeah. again. <laughs> I've been I've been speechless for about five minutes or, or seventeen minutes. Okay. And now you're gonna die. That's <laughs> in public, like every third sentence, because you did this, now you're gonna die. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love I love that. <laughs> have hope is what I'm saying. Always have hope. Oh gosh. Guys. So now you're gonna die, so have hope. No. No, you're not gonna die if you have a plan. A plan. That is the the facts. You've got to have a plan and Go for it. Let's get back to the game for a minute. Yes, what, sir. How, how do you actually win this thing? Basically, okay. what you Go need ahead. to do is you need to accumulate the needed amount of resources for the length of game that you're playing and 
you need to scout all of your locations that uh, that uh, you draw, and you go back to Center City, get your family, and then go to a final location. Once you hit your final location, you can't land on your final location until you have all of the assets that are required to win the game before you can land on your final destination. Once you land on your final destination, you have to overcome a final challenge. An event card, not right. not an attack card. Right. Right, not an attack. It, it, it's a it's a what we call an event challenge, in, as instead of an attack challenge, a an event encounter or event challenge. Once you succeed at that, then you win the game. If you are the first, first person, one, yes, to arrive there and succeed. At and we have challenge. played many games when all of us are on our final locations. Oh yeah. And all of us have our resources, and the only thing that's standing between us and winning the game is that roll of the dice. <laughs> it's like, right. ah! Yeah, I like that, because what it does is it gives others an opportunity to continue through their scenario. Right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then plus you can play those bonus cards and make somebody skip their turn. Now, you is know? there like an overriding scenario of why the world has ended in the first place? Like, like what caused the, the the collapse of society that, that you're working through? Is a pandemic. You are one of the few survivors of, of a pandemic. And there's the medical thing. It had to be there. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yep. <laughs> that's right. But the pandemic has already occurred. All of the, all of the you know, uh, all this bloody is- phlegm. There's no, no bloody phlegm in it. And there's no... Oh, uh, you're not going to get a virus during the game and die. <laughs> yeah. you know? Although all the, we all the people that, that, that succumbed to the virus are already gone. Right. So now we're in this depleted resource, depleted manpower, depleted society, which I, I hate to admit it, but when, it, when you look at big disasters... It is one of the more probable, because even if you have an economic collapse, you're immediately trying to come up with a new system, and the market fixes a lot of things, and what have you. But if you contract a deadly illness, you can be a multimillionaire or a pauper, and you're dead. And it's, it's, it's luck of the draw. You have the genetics to fight it off. And in some of the prior major diseases, it's almost better off to be dead. Some of the disfigurations that I've seen by things like... Um, Smallpox? Oh, yeah. You know? Smallpox, uh, leprosy, tuberculosis. uh, Bubonic plague. Bubonic plague, absolutely. And this uh, outbreak of Ebola is really, I think, uh, I mean, if just imagine if this plague was in every country. I mean, killing the medical workers that are there to, to care for the sick, uh, crossing borders. And the uh, mortality rate. You know, I mean, 111 people at 178 dead so far, and and that's not and that's not saying that the other ones are completely recovered either. So these are things that can happen. So that's what we wanted. We really wanted a a realistic survival scenario. You know, I mean. Uh, Despite, you know, Walking Dead and all these other things that almost make you believe the zombies are real, I mean, they're just not. I mean, they don't exist, but pandemics do, and uh, we get three or four of them every century that are significant, and uh, they'll wipe out uh, tens of millions of people. I mean, the one in 1918 wiped out 100 million people with a 2% death rate. What would Ebola do if it was in every country? Well, and I think that something else we have to look at is... Not just the death rate, but the incapacitation rate. People that are flat out not able to function during the duration of the illness, even if they survive. 
and the carrying capacity of things like hospitals and emergency rooms. So if you have a disease that kills, let's say, 5% of people with the understanding that, you know, the other 95 out of 100 get to a hospital, get intensive care or what have you, and then 10 million people have that disease, there's not enough space at the hospital. And right. the death rate's going to go up immediately. Yeah, and that's if just ten, if just ten percent of the population or five percent of the population has the disease, it would it would overwhelm uh, our intensive care units, of ventil- have, respirators, have ventilators. They don't have the equipment. I mean, it, you would be surprised at how fragile the infrastructure, uh, the medical Very. infrastructure, really Very. is. And don't you think, just from your medical backgrounds, that one pandemic begats other diseases? Oh, absolutely. Like if you had like a Ebola pan- global pandemic, like even as that begins to roll up, all of the pollution system failures are probably going to lead to other, let's call them splinter pandemics or epidemics. Sure, absolutely. You know that uh, Ebola affects the immune system, and uh, so that you, if you don't die of Ebola, you could easily get some other illness or infection that you wouldn't have gotten ordinarily because you had a normal immune system because you were weakened by the Ebola. Also, think about if people aren't reporting to work because they're sick, if if sewage plants and and nuclear reactors are, are undermanned then you know you're going to wind up having meltdowns you're going to wind up having a polluted water supply and that's going to that's going to do it so uh that's why I, that's why if a, a real pandemic occurs uh like that you know you're going to lose a lot more than just what the mortality rate is from the illness itself absolutely so guys, I'm sold on this game so much so that your uh, your Kickstarter just went up 350 bucks. Oh, um, yay. <laughs> thank you so much. Jack. Tell others tell others how they can help help get this game to be a reality. Well, this if you pledge support uh, to our Kickstarter project, we already are halfway there, and we just need to get over that hump. Uh, so go over to Kickstarter.com, plug in the word Doom in the, in the search box, and it'll take you right to our game. And then check the game out, see if it's something that you'd like to support. We've got uh, you'll you'll get additional rewards. Remember, these rewards are for our Kickstarter supporters only. You get the first copies of the game that are ever manufactured. And, uh, you know, we are are committed. I mean, if we do go above our goals, we're going to add additional bonus cards. We're going to add additional attack cards. We're going to add, even if we reach a certain point, we're even going to add miniatures to the game instead of just regular um, avatar pawns. So we are going to really put together uh, an, an awesome project. We're really uh, happy with it. You'll find that if you want to see a lot of the art, all of the art is uh, available just about at our website at survivalboardgame.com. Gotcha. And we'll make sure we send people over there. And uh, guys, man, it's been awesome having you guys on the air with me yet again. We don't do this often enough. I know. Uh, we, I know. we don't, but uh, <laughs> it'll be awesome seeing you in, in the great state of Florida. And uh, oh, yeah. hopefully we can do a little fishing. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, about we're that. probably going to be like, just so you guys know, this is really off air stuff, but just I share everything anyway. We're going to be chilling on the beach and fishing from the beach. We're we're in very low key mode there. So there'll be uh, there'll be alcoholic beverages, of course, and uh White sand and blue water and, and hopefully a fish or two. Yes, and seashells. Lots of shells. <laughs> by, the, by, the, by the seashore. Yes. 
I think this is a good time for them, too. Well, I'm very excited. Thank you, Jack, so much. I really appreciate your time and, and letting us go on and on about this game. We're just our enthusiasm. I hope it shows. We're so excited. We yeah. feel it's a really, really good product, and um, I hope everyone helps support us. Thank and I, you. And I just want to say thank you, Jack, for everything you do for the preparedness community. You're awesome. Man, so, thanks for putting this thing together. This is This is really awesome. It's a game that even I will play. And you can ask Dorothy, I am not a gamer. I don't like board games, but this sounds interesting. Good. Oh, well, I'm really glad. You know what? We'll bring it to that weekend so you can actually play it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be shipping really, really soon because, like I said, I think that uh, I think we're going to be able to get this uh, get this done for you. Wow. And uh, I, I know my audience is pretty big on... You know, making things happen when they when they see the value in it, and I, I think that it's not that huge of a goal. Um, it, it's a very reasonable goal, something that I think uh, would probably get knocked out pretty quick. And I look forward to playing your game with you guys and with other preppers. Thank you very much, honestly. And, and real quick, I'm gonna hit you up here. So, like, once this thing's in production, are we gonna be hooking up the MSB with anything? Oh, apps. Oh, once we once we have the game. Uh, Oh, you his know, member brigade. Yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, we, we can. Yeah, we've got to figure out what you want. Well, we can figure out. Uh, I could do a, a specific uh, members brigade uh, uh, game patch. or I mean, there or, or Oh, yeah, I, we could do something special. We can do, like, some special swag. Or we can, of course, you know, do a discount on the game. Uh, that as we good. do As we do for all our medical supplies. I'm going to do a bookmark with um, silver in it for the Kickstarter people. Cool. Oh, but it doesn't mention the silver. Just so your folks know, I'm designing a special bookmark with the game art, but it's going to have um, a gram, no, yes, one gram of silver in the bookmark. But I can't mention the money thing on the Kickstarter, but just so your people know, if the, you see the word bookmark, you get it, it has silver, <laughs> real silver. All right. That's cool. And, and real quick, like, because we didn't really cover who you are, and there's a lot of people that, <laughs> oh my that, gosh. that maybe have never heard you guys on the air before. You guys already do a pretty good discount. You guys have some of the most amazing med kits that, that, that there are available. And I know they're Amy's baby, so I'll do what I did to her earlier with, with Bones. So you have to let her talk first. Not that you have a choice anyway. But but tell folks about your medical kits and how, how Bones tried to put them together wrong and you fixed them. Oh, please. Okay. <laughs> and when I say these are hand packs by Nurse Amy, they truly are because uh, my husband, the physician, will not listen to the advanced registered nurse practitioner, despite my master's an, degree in nursing. I'm no, no, artist. no. Wait a second. Wait, I am an artist. No, an no, artist. no, 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 no. I did this to you. No. Go. He's interrupting. Uh, uh, he is yeah. an he is an artiste, okay? But um I'm very meticulous, very organized, um uh very obsessive compulsive <laughs> about bagging each of the items. If it's a liquid or some sort of gel, it goes into a plastic bag so it doesn't leak. If it's anything that's dry that could be ruined by rain or water falling into a creek, whatever it is in a plastic bag. Everything is hand-packed. The bags come empty. I source everything myself. I base these um, medical bags on medical issues before I created them. So I know what I wanted to attend to with this bag. This is not, oh, let me buy the cheapest crap I can find, throw it in a bag, and then figure out what it would do. 
I worked from the ground up. I think that's the logical way that medical bags should be made. No one else in the world does this. I put natural stuff in it. And they have I, dec- yep, I have I have a DVD now that that I spent four years in the production of. I took all of the pictures that you see, or at least ninety nine percent of them. I took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures. I edited them myself. I took every single medical item I could possibly imagine that anyone would need in a prepper medical supply um, and explain why you need them. What does that package say? Where would you use that, and and how are you going to use it? So it's it's all the information about each and every medical supplies organized in the categories of medical issues. So when we talk about eye, you see eye wash, you see eye cups, you see everything you could possibly need to care for eye issues. Then we move on. We'll have we have dental. I mean, you name it, we've got it um, from OB to reproductive to herbal natural stuff. Um, I have a picture of um, some uh, was that some sort of whiskey. What was that stuff called? Grain alcohol that oh, we got yeah. in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. They're making grain alcohol there now um, that I bought. So I'm making tinctures, and you know, you see the dry herbs. So it's it's just educational with the medical kits. I don't believe in throwing somebody a medical kit and saying, "Here, just take this." Um, a couple, three of our bags come with um, a free book. Um, the family medical kit, which is my kitchen sink and has everything in the world, including extractors, dental extractors, um, also comes with uh, little little quick reference cards. So you can laminate those and stick them in there on eye care and dental and bleeding and fractures. And w- what are all these herbal things that Amy put in this bag? You know, what, what are these essential oils and these salves? Um, but I also have the, the traumatic... Um, bag that is for people who are going to get shot or stabbed, and it's got a ton of Cellox, professional Cellox products and mm. things that you would blood really need, agents. blood clotting agents, things that you would need um, in, in you know, bad areas. And right. So anyway, we've addressed right. a whole bunch of different issues in these bags. All right. now, are, you sorry, are you sorry? You wait, wait, let's just talk. Shut them down and all. I, I think that Bones had a huge influence on what's in the bag. The big, the big discrepancy is exactly how it got packed right that's true we did we we put we decided on the list of medical issues that the bag needed to be addressed and uh the two of us worked on the entire component list of what was going to be put into that bag and every time uh we design a new bag um it is a team situation the doctor and the nurse practitioner are working on each and every item and deciding should we put more of this or less of this and we work together. And then once we've designed that, then I actually pack it. So <laughs> I, take, I take him out of the loop at that point. But he's involved 100% until you know, then. I, I can I can take you apart and I can put you back together, but I can't pack a bag. No, Is that what you're saying? No, you cannot. <laughs> nor will you ever be allowed to. Oh, my gosh. Now, the, you, you left out the best part, though. So in these, these medical kits that go from small, simplistic kits to... Basically, a, a, a portable field hospital. <laughs> what do you guys do for for my audience, at least specifically for my member support brigade guys? Well, every single one of your members gets ten percent off everything, anything, anything and anything right. in the store. That's so, true. So we are uh, honored to uh, be we are faithful, faithful supporters. supporters of the member support brigade, <laughs> and we believe uh, that uh, your people, your listeners, are, are some of the 
best members of the preparedness community and Absolutely. most supportive of uh, not only you, but of us and uh, all the other people that are trying to do good. Jack, you don't know how many people walk up to me during these prepper expos and say, hey, I know you. I heard you on Jack's show. <laughs> they, it's incredible. It's not like we've been on a million times. I mean, it's just amazing. Your, your faithful audience has been so nice to us when they see us, and we thank them. We appreciate it. We like to meet people. It's well, cool. and 10% is a good discount, but I think what I need to drive home for folks that maybe are new to the medical supply world, this stuff ain't cheap. And some of the larger yeah. kits, that 10% pays for a year of membership alone. Um, so I really appreciate the fact that you guys gave a discount uh, of that level because uh, I know it's also probably not the most high margin thing in the world. So uh, we really appreciate the support. And, and I've personally uh, gone through the kit that you uh, gave to Dorothy and I. I'm sure I didn't put it back exactly right, but it's pretty close. Um, and it's pretty amazing the level of thought and the level the level of preparedness one gets to medically with one of the larger kits, I mean, that quick. Then you have to, like, learn everything in there and what to do with it. But as far as the stuff, it's it's very, very well done. Well, thank you. Well, I, and I take that as a bigger compliment because your wife is a nurse. And she so sure. she knew what she was looking at. And so, you know, I, I do appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, I really appreciate you guys being on. We'll make sure we try to send pe- plenty of people over to back that game and get things going. And, uh... Remember, you guys are welcome back on the show anytime. Coolio, thank you so much, Jack. We'll see you soon. You're the bomb. <laughs> All right, folks, and with that, this has been Jack Spierka today along with Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. There's nothing I can do It's the price we pay, I guess We follow all the rules There's a better way to do this Let me show you a better way
revolution is you.